0: Well, I am so glad you're here. This is a special day. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be sharing with you kind of the heart behind generosity and how God has called us to be generous with our time and with our resources. And then what I'm going to do is about half, halfway through this message, I'm going to shift gears and I'm going to talk to you about Bikes for Kids. That's why you see these bicycles up here. It's, we didn't forget to keep house this week and somebody left the bicycle sitting around uh, these are here because we're promoting one of the most significant events that we have. And we're also going to, uh, at the end of this worship, we're going to receive a, a special offering, uh, be added to, actually we're going to add that to a regular and offering. And we're going to kick this off, and over the next month, we're going to promote Bikes for the Kids. And uh, before we're done here, I hope that you hope that you definitely want to be a part of this. But I'm not going to be preaching for very long. Uh, if you know me, I don't preach more than about 30 minutes. Now, I used to preach a long time. I was raised Pentecost. And I was raised uh, conservative Pentecost, and we, when we went to the chur- when we went to church on Sunday nights, we had what was called an evangelistical type of service. And if you couldn't preach an hour and fifteen minutes, you weren't worth your salt. I mean, I was trained as, at eighteen years old to be able to preach an hour, and man, you just had to stretch it out if you couldn't do it. But you preach an hour, and, and you didn't go to church on Sunday night. That you didn't. You, I mean, you didn't unless somebody didn't preach an hour and you didn't have some kind of emotional experience. We call those runaways. Anybody ever been a part of a runaway in church? No, just me. Okay. But anyway, uh, something happened one time that, dec- that I decided to start, stop preaching so long. I was, a long time ago when we first started this church, I was about three-fourths through my message. I was about an hour into the message, and I said, I just have two more points, and then I'm going to let you go. And And uh, this guy that was sitting about midway back, he got up and he sighed, kind of rolled his eyes and started walking out. So his attitude got on my nerves, so I called him out. I said, sir, where do you think you're going? And he turned around and looked at me and he said, I'm going to get a haircut. I said, a haircut? Why didn't you get one before you came to church? And he turned around real, real quickly all frustrated and said, because I didn't need one. So since then, I haven't been preaching. That may or may not be a true story. I'll let you be the judge of that. But since then, I've, I've learned to preach shorter message. But I, we just have a little bit amount of time, so I want to get busy, and I want to talk about these things. Our mission at Faith Co. Church is to love God, connect with others, and reach the world. Will you say that? Love God, connect with others, and reach the world. We believe that that is what a disciple of Christ, and God has called us to make disciples. So we believe a disciple is someone that is committed to love God Connect with others and reach the world, and I want to talk to you specifically about that last part of that 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 um, that mission to actually reach the world. If we're going to reach the world, that takes resources. If we're going to if we're going to reach people with the gospel, because He commanded us to go and make disciples, and what we've learned, if you're a part of church very long, is you learn that that it it takes resources. And here's what I've What we find out in the scripture and what I'm going to talk to you about is how God blesses and empowers the church to resource his ministry. How do I know that? Because I have never cashed a check written to the church or I've never seen anything go through the offering where God brought resources to the church by himself. I've never seen a check that was signed Jehovah Jireh. We know that he provides, but he's not writing any checks. What he does is he blesses his people and empowers his people and blesses them above and beyond what, what their needs are to be able to resource the ministry. And I want to show you that. And then, I, as I said before, we're going to talk about Bikes for Kids. Let's kick this off with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to, to be here. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to people today. Lord, that, that wherever we are with you, <coughs> wherever we are with you, I pray, God, that you will bless us and empower us to understand what you want to do through our lives through generosity, in Christ's name. And everybody said, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. It's important that whatever we do, we do together. It's it's wonderful that we come to church and we're together. It's, that's just a wonderful thing. It's and, and God loves it when we come together like this, because whatever we decide to do and whatever we commit to do, we're much more powerful if we do this together. In fact, the Scripture talks about how... Where two or three are gathered together, he's there with us, and he moves on behalf of our lives. It's not because God can't work through one person. It's just that his will, that the church unites for a common purpose. And whatever we decide to do collectively is way more impactful than whatever we can do by ourselves. If you believe this and you agree with this, same amen. In First Timothy 6 and 17, he says, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's talking to a young pastor, and he's talking to him. About the generosity, and he's talking about them about their resources in their church. He says, Timothy, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their own money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. Now, if you've ever been a part of any of my messages where I talk about generosity and what that means to the church, You've probably heard this before. But this scripture is specifically written to rich people. He says, I want to talk to rich, rich people right now. So if I were to line up everybody here and I was, if I were to say, okay, everybody here, you consider yourself rich. Don't, don't anybody stand and raise your hand. But you, you know, you've, you know you've, got, you've got everything or whatever. You're, you're a rich person. I want everybody here to stand if you're rich. Probably nobody here would consider yourselves to be rich. And if you were, you wouldn't want to be identified by that. But according to three fourths of the world's standard and economic standards that throughout the world, Americans are the, the most richest people in the world. I mean, if you've ever been a part of a third world country, and this is—we shouldn't feel bad because of this. It's just a fact that if you've ever been to a third world country, you've been, ever been on a mission trip, and you're in environments where people don't have enough to eat, or they don't have enough to get by or or whatever, you find out really how blessed you are. In fact, I've been a part of environments where you tell them, I mean, these are rich people things. These are rich people things, okay? That your pet has a doctor. How many of you know that's a rich person thing? Okay? How about this? Your pet has his own house. That's a rich people thing. What about this? Your pet gets its hair groomed and its nails done. Anybody, you have a poodle or whatever. That's a rich people thing. How about this? You have a car. According to three-fourths of the world's economic standards, if you have your own car, that is a rich people thing. But wait a minute. You have two cars? And wait a minute. You, your kids have cars. Oh, you're, you're very, very rich. How about this? Your house, I'm, I'm sorry, your car has its own house. What's that called? It's a garage. And your house, it has more than one room in it. If it has more than one, a lot of people will look at you and think, oh my gosh, you are very, very rich. Hey, wait a second, did you say that you, had, you ate three times a day? Or wait a minute, did you say that you guys throw food away? What I'm saying is that you are very, very rich according to most of the world's standards. So when I tell you And when this scripture is written toward the rich people, I'm telling you, he's talking to us. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. And look at your other neighbor, your second second, uh, uh, choice for turning to your neighbor and say, I'm rich. It's okay to say that, but you are because of the blessings of God. Now, here's the deal. God has given us a mandate, a standard, and a challenge. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, it talks a little bit about this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. So that's, that's the standard. He says, But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how, to give, how, how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. That's a, lot, a lot of times that's what we do in churches is, is that we put pressure on people or we will guilt people into giving. We'll say things like I just said and said, you know what, since you're so rich, you need to take people, take care of people that don't have it as well as you do. That's not the ideal for how we give and that's not what God wants us to do. That's what it says. Don't give according to pressure. Don't give reluctantly. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered for how long? How long? Good deeds. I know that... A lot of times we get wrapped up in the world that we live in. But I want to tell you something. There is a next life. There is another world. And the Bible talks about that when we give, we lay up and we store up treasure in heaven. And when I say, hey, you've got treasure in heaven and you're storing up treasure in heaven. And when you're generous that you are storing up treasure in heaven, you don't care about that. (laughs) A lot of times. We really don't care about that. But I want to tell you something. 60 seconds into the next life, you're going to thank me for these kinds of messages. You're going to think, oh, he gave us, Travis, thank you for giving me opportunities to be generous. Because there is a difference in people that are generous and people who were not so generous in the next life. Your deeds, your good deeds, you're not saved according to your good deeds. You're saved by faith, but you're rewarded in the next life for the things that you do in this life. The 10th verse says, for God is the one who provides seed to the farmer. And I'm going to come back to these and break these down in a second. He provides seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. In the same way that God provides seed to the farmer, he's going to provide for you and your resources so you can be generous. Or so he can create something on the inside of you. A heart of generosity. 11th verse. Yes, you will be enriched. In every way, not just financially, but you will be enriched in every way so that you can always, everybody say always, so that you can always be generous. There are times where we want to be generous, but we can't be generous. And I have found out, I used to think, man, people aren't very generous sometimes in the church. It's not that people aren't generous in the church. It's just that we don't always have money to be generous. You know what I'm talking about? The truth is, you can't make the scene if you ain't got the green, That's according to the book of Travis in the Bible. And what happens is, is we practice generosity as we take a step in faith. God provides it for us so we can be generous. I always want to be generous. I want to be the kind of person that people can count on for things like this, for bikes for kids. I I don't want to walk by uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the Girl Scout girls that are selling cookies out in front of the stores, the department stores, and they got those... What are those little cookies called with a coconut on them? You guys all know what those are, so I, I want you know I want to walk, by. I don't want to walk by and say sorry. I don't want to help you, girls. I know you're trying to camp out, and I know you're trying to you know be good citizens. Sorry, I don't want to help out. I can't spare five dollars to buy some cookies. It ain't about that. It's about being generous and, and generous and sewing into people's lives. I want to do that. I was at, at a in front of Walmart as I was walking in, and there was these like ten, twelve year old girls, and they were raising money for some gymnastics thing, and they were going to state, and they were doing all this, and I, as I was walking through there, they, they stopped me and said, would you like a, would you like a cookie, or, and, you know, the first thing I think of is when cookies are wrapped up in these things, and they were, you know, I'm like, who made those, and whose kitchen did they come out of, do they have the same, you know, standards, did they use hand in it, you know what I'm saying, I, I think about those things, and who made those muffins and that banana bread, you know, that's just kind of wrapped up there, and, you know, was, you know, was a cat on the counter when they made the muffins, or what, you know what I'm saying, I don't know, I don't know, okay, that, I'm getting distracted here. But I walked up there, and it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it was July, and they said, sir, will you ch- just please buy our whole table so we can go home, and I just, that was so cute to me, and I said, how much for the whole table? And, I, and, and they told me, and I just bought, I bought the whole table, and it wasn't, you know, it was only, you know, after I negotiated, went back and forth, I finally got him down to $10 dollars. And I, I, I'm kidding, I didn't negotiate I didn't do that, or did I? I didn't do that. I really didn't do that, but it was it was such a blessing, and man, they'd cheer and they cheered and gave me a big hug, and thank you, thank you so much. And they all loaded up the table like in 30 seconds and left, and I, I walked with this tray of food and brought it you know to put back at the, at the table back there so we could all eat it the next weekend. I'm just kidding, I didn't do that, but that well, <laughs> you guys didn't think that was funny, did you Okay. So here's the deal as followers of christ when it comes to money i I want i want to be generous and i want to be counted on to be generous he says he says this he says you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous and when we take your gifts to those who are in need they're going to thank god so two things are going to happen as a result of this ministry of giving look at that this ministry of giving just like there are other ministries ministering to kids, just like there are other ministries, ministering as far as music, ministering to the Word of God. There is a ministry of generosity and a ministry of giving. The needs of believers are met, and people will praise God. I'm just paraphrasing. People people joyfully praise God because of generosity. So let's talk about, as, as followers of Christ, three things very quickly, as far as money and resources. Here's what we believe, and here's what we practice as followers of Christ. First of all, God is my source. God is my source. Now, I know that there's a lot of people out there that that don't live for God, that have nothing to do with God, that are very blessed financially. But I just want to tell you this. It doesn't matter what your walk with God is. It doesn't matter who you are. Nobody is just self-made. God has given you the ability, God has given you the capacity, God has given you the time, he's given you the resources, he's given you the opportunity, he's given you the talent to be able to do what you do for a living. Whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you you bless God or whether you thank God for whatever you do, God has given you the ability for that. God is my source. We especially as followers of Christ understand and and walk in it in such a way that we understand that God is our source for blessing and resources. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 10, it says, for God is the one who provides. Everybody say, God provides. God is the one who provides. That is what we must remember. It gives us a healthy perspective of our resources that God has given me. No matter what I am, no matter where, where I go, no matter what I do, God is my source of opportunity. He is my source for resources. Number two, God's plan for me is to live a blessed life. That is God's plan. Just because we don't always walk in that, I believe that God, that is God's plan. Whatever that looks like, with finances or without finances, it's God's plan that we live a blessed life. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 it says, God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. Not only is he going to provide for what you need if you walk in this ministry of generosity, but he's going to provide above and beyond He's going to give surplus into your life. That sounds like blessing to me. A lot of times we feel good or we feel bad about the blessings in our lives. We, always, we might even apologize for it. Sometimes when we get something new or something happens in our life, somebody comes in and says, man, that is so wonderful, we, we downplay it. Uh, you know what, I got it on sale. I got it in the bargain rack in the very back, you know, I got it on sale. There's nothing wrong with living a blessed life. There's nothing wrong with being blessed as long as you give God glory for it. right? That's, 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 that, that's a trap of the enemy that, that we want to be ashamed of the blessings of God or we don't that, that, of course we don't just walk around bragging about material things. That's not what I'm talking about. However, God blesses you. God wants us to be blessed. There are promises in the Bible about the blessings of God. That's another reason why I know that God wants me to be, live a blessed life. And third of all, there are instructions. If you read the book of Proverbs, it talks about how to live a wealthy life. And there are examples in the Old Testament and the New Testament of people who walk in the blessings of God. So that is God's plan. And finally, last point on this, and I'm going to shift gears. God's blessings involves his kingdom's work. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 10, it says, for God is the one who provides. I read this earlier, but listen to this part of it. It says, seed for the farmer and bread to eat. And the same way, he will provide... And increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So, living a blessed life, walking in prosperity, having resources, having abundance, having surplus the thing is, is what we learn and what we practice as followers of Christ is that's not just about me. That although he provides and he gives me resources and he blesses me financially, that's not just for me. He actually gives me resources and provides surplus above and beyond. And maybe, uh, real quickly, I understand that not everybody, not, not all of us, and I've, I've been there, that you don't have anything at the end of the month. There's no money at the end of the month. But this is a, pl- this is a plan I believe that God wants for us in our future. And, and if you can believe that, then you, begin, then you can begin to look for opportunities to, opportunities to see that happen in your life. But we have to understand, first of all, that it's not just about me. That my surplus, that what God gives me at the end of what bills are or whatever, the things I need above and beyond, the above and beyond, isn't just for me to spend and save and spend money on my kids. That God has a plan for that, and that is to provide and resource his kingdom work. If you understand that and believe it, say yes. His plan is to bless you in order to create a harvest of generosity in you, and so that you, that there will be this overflow that it will provide for his purpose. In other words, bless others and cause people t- to look to God. Let me say that again, that his purpose of generosity or his, his purpose of providing for you and blessing you and giving you above and beyond what you need is so that you can share with others and give towards his kingdom so people will be blessed and they can give God glory. Let me give you an example, and I'm going to give you an example of bikes for kids. And this is a, a small example, but let's just say that people in December are praying that God would help them provide Christmas gifts for their kids. But they don't have a way to do that. And I know this because I, I read the letters that are given to us, uh, the parents that will send them in and grandparents that send in letters that, that thank us later on and in January for, January for what we do. So you got people that pray for, thing, pray for you know, Christmas, Lord help me provide for my kids at Christmas time. And then a generous group of people come together and say here's what we're going to do. We are going to do something like bikes for kids. So we send out letters saying your, your kids are going to receive bicycles. So what they do, they pick up these bikes, they put these bikes under their trees, and you know what they do? They thank God. They thank God for you, for your generosity. Thank you, Faith Co. Church, for your generosity. And they thank God for providing for him. So here's what happens. Because of this ministry of generosity, not only are they provided for, for their needs, but God is given glory. And we actually get the privilege to be the answer to somebody's prayer. Isn't that incredible that that we can provide answers to people's prayers? You see, when, when, when people need something, God doesn't just step down and physically help them like that. He, like if if you need comfort in your life, God doesn't physically hug you, but what he might do is he might send somebody along within the body of Christ that has the spirit of God that that person might give you a hug. Or that person might give you a word of wisdom in a time of of trouble or a word of encouragement. You need to hear from God. You're reading the scripture, but, but a lot of times God will send a good friend or a close friend into your life and give you a word of knowledge or give you a word of encouragement that is exactly what you need. God uses other people to answer prayers. Maybe you come to church and you're at your wit's end and you don't know what you're going to do next in your marriage or in your family. And you come and you hear the preaching of the word and it's like I've been reading your mail and I've been sitting in your house hearing all of your problems. I can't tell you how many times people said, did somebody talk to you about me? That's not coincidence. I pray that God will use me to speak into your life. I pray that every single day, Lord, use me to speak into the lives of people. And as you do, we change people because that's what we're all about. And we all together, collectively, as we serve, as we give, as we do what God has called us to do, we become the answers to prayers. And God gets the glory for the things that you do. That's why we practice generosity. That's why we teach generosity. And that's why we want to grow in this ministry of giving. If you believe that, say amen. All right, let me talk to you a little bit about Bikes for Kids. About 13 years ago, walked into our place where we meet, and I said, I want to do something for the community. I want to get very, very intentional about reaching our community and doing something for people. We've, we've done things across the border, we send offerings, but I want to do something in our community, and I want to go after a certain demographic. I want to go after a demographic of people in our community that can't help themselves. And second of all, I want to go after a demographic of people that can't pay us back. Because my background is marketing and finance. I don't want to do anything that we're not, you know, I want to, I want to invest and I want to see a return. I want to see something happen that as we give, that you know, the church grows and the church is built. That's the way, you know, you think as a pastor. But for this specific thing... I wanted to do something for people that couldn't pay us back and we didn't get any benefit. Of course, we know that God works through everything, but here's what we found out. We found out first if the demographic that we were going to help is, first of all, kids. Because, well, I've raised three of them and I've given them lots of money and not one time have they paid me back. <laughs> so kids, we knew that was kids. And second of all, we would find marginalized kids that, that could not afford to have a bike we would we would do something for that um we also knew that they could not get it for themselves so that is how we came up with the demographic okay here's here's what we decided once again we would help kids and second of all we decided that we would give them something besides a toy we would give them something besides a toy now why did we decide to give them a bike well a bike is something that we can give kids that gives them an incredible amount of freedom. A marginalized kid, a kid going through a tough time, you give a 10-year-old kid a bike that gives him freedom. A second thing that it does, and this was a side benefit that we decided, it's a healthy alternative to gaming systems. (laughs) We thought this would be an opportunity to get kids outside, get them doing something besides playing games, and and also give them a sense of freedom. So here's our mission. The mission of Bikes for Kids is this. It is to encourage and empower underprivileged kids To live healthier lives or lifestyles by owning and riding a bike. That's it. There's nothing in there about building Faith Code Church. It's all about encouraging, empowering underprivileged kids to live healthier lifestyles by owning and riding a bike. Here's our strategy. We're going to identify disadvantaged kids who want and need a bicycle we're going to be extensive in how we identify them this was not just going to be a sign up and whoever wants a bike we're going to locate and identify kids that were going to do this and then we're, and within our church and with the community we're going to raise resources and give every one of these kids a bicycle and this will be our 12th year and as of right now we have never not one time said no to one kid that needed a bike isn't that awesome that's incredible yeah go ahead Another part of our strategy is we're going to give these bikes away during Christmas. A couple of reasons. First of all, it gives kids a Christmas gift. Second of all, it helped parents and grandparents. That's what we found out. We know this because letters that, and, and the, the event itself, parents and grandparents came up to us and said they were not getting any other gift. Thank you so much for providing. This, this, this event is incredible. This is what my kids are getting for Christmas. And, and I can't tell you how many... Weeping grandmothers would come up and say, "This is what I didn't have the money to buy anything for my grandkids. Thank you, thank you so much." So it, it gives the kids a gift at Christmas time, but it also helps parents. Okay, let's talk about our process. And to talk about our process, I'm going to bring up Butch. Everybody say hello, Butch. Butch is the facilitator, the director of Bikes for Kids. How many years have you been working on Bikes
1: for Kids? Uh, twelve. I've been over it three years. Okay, how long you been? What? I helped this year, the first year. What, what was 12? 12, well, this will be the 12th year. The, oh, okay, I got you. I okay, got so you. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already in the process, man. I'm, all right. <laughs> I'm counting it. Okay, so, okay, so,
0: Butch, uh, I'm going to just kind of walk through some of my notes and you. Sure. Yeah, okay. We send out how many letters and where do they go and what's the process of that?
1: Okay, so we spent this last week, Jordan and I, we took about 10,000 letters to all the local area schools. Um, and that includes Meeker. So every school in Pott County plus Meeker. And that is every child in Pott County. Okay.
0: So now, okay, then we begin raising money through local businesses and churches. Mm-hmm. We got to, we've presented this to different community organizations, Kiwanis, Lions Club. Is that right? Lions yep. Club. We We present it and we, we try to get other churches involved. Uh, we've only had only one church said yes. But um, uh, we, we also get other organizations, businesses come together. How many businesses support this usually?
1: Typically between about 25 to 35 businesses okay. are involved in this, yeah.
0: We, we've we already, last year we had a, a a golf tournament. This year we did a, a motorcycle yeah, ATV, ATV ride. We raised, how much money, do you know how much they
1: raised? Uh, well, there's still money coming in on that, actually. And yeah. also
0: they gave us like, how many bikes? We they we received 42 bikes. They gave that. us 42 bikes and at least like a couple thousand dollars from the event. So anyway, huge, huge deal. I think you guys saw the video. So it costs approximately... Uh, our cost of all the print, and everything comes down to an average of about $75 for a bike. Every kid gets a t shirt. Okay, and we decided about 10 years ago because some people might be thinking, hey, if we, you know, all these bikes are a little bit different, but if you'll notice, they're assembled. You know why they're assembled? Because 10 years ago, we decided that we would assemble them. And uh, it takes somebody who knows what they're doing, to, it takes about an hour to assemble a bike. So consider 500 bikes. And you know all of our you know little church getting together. So we decided after that, the Lord spoke to us
1: through liability,
0: and said, uh, "From now on, uh, we're going to buy bikes already assembled." Another thing, yeah, is the liability issue. If I put the bike together, uh, may not be as safe as they do it as a professional. So another thing like that. So um, the T-shirts, uh, we um, we order T-shirts that the all of our contributors. If you sponsor, if you buy One Bicycle, your organization, we give t-shirts. I have some t-shirts right here that uh, he's wearing one. Uh, Does anybody want a couple of these t-shirts? Okay. (laughs) (sighs) Throw them hard.
1: (laughs) Sorry. I might know a guy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we get,
0: there'll be these shirts with all of our sponsors on the back for the kids. So that's that's it promotes the event. Okay, how about this? Every kid, okay, you want to talk about how we pick up the
1: bikes and who we... Sure. So actually about uh, three years ago, we teamed up with Academy. Before that, we used Walmart, and they were great for a long time. But Academy, uh, I thought, hey, let's just branch out and see if we can do something else. Academy actually... Has been an absolute blessing to us because I'm able to go ahead, pre order these bikes about a month in advance, and they say, How many bikes do you need? And I say, Well, maybe four or five hundred. They say, No problem. Um, you tell us what sizes, boys or girls, what you need, and give us a date to pick them up, and we'll have them ready for you. Uh, when as before, it used to be go pick up 20 or 30 bikes at a time and take yeah, four or five. That. It was, it was, rough. We're might, was uh, rough. We called it
0: bike runs. We're going to go make a bike yeah, run. You spend all week making bike runs. Now yeah. we can knock it out in a, in a couple of
1: days. But on that, um, we also, if you've ever been involved in this, we go pick up the bikes over about two or three week period, but the bulk majority of it is in one day. Um, December 9th this year is going to be our pickup day, so we've got 400 Everybody bikes. Everybody say December the 9th. December 9th, December 9th. yeah. We're going to have 400 to 500 bikes waiting on us at Academy, so if you're available December 9th that Saturday and have a truck and trailer, then um, connect with me, and we'll we'll be more than happy to have Rain, you go up there with sleet, us. Rain,
0: sleet, snow. We go get the bikes. Yep. We have to go get them. They have to be picked up, so... So don't forget that. Okay, um, every kid has a specific bike, helmet, t-shirt.
1: Yeah, we have a protocol. We started this a couple years ago where basically if, you're, if, if a child received a bike in the last two years, they automatically go on a waiting list because our first priority is to give a bike to a kid who's never received a bike. So um, in saying that, we do get a lot of return letters every year, but those kids do go on a waiting list. Um, we are actually, I don't know if I even told you this, but we actually sent out letters to sixth grade this year um, hoping to make an impact in middle school. So that's something new this year. Also, with that. Uh, Sweet.
0: Sixth graders. That's huge.
1: Yeah. Which, which means we've got to get some bikes. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all about that. Hey.
1: Yeah. If you,
0: we'll, uh, we'll get them bikes. I guarantee.
1: <laughs> we always do. Okay. I didn't, I didn't fill him in on that, what, what about
0: the helmets? <laughs> what
1: about the helmets? Okay. The Tecumseh Police Department actually teams up with us, and they get the helmets through the Oklahoma Safety Board. Um, there's a whole lot of other names associated with it, but it's Oklahoma Safety Board. And every kid who receives a bike that day, whether it be four or five, six hundred kids, will receive a helmet, um, a bike and a t shirt. So
0: Okay, let's talk about the event itself. Wednesday, December thirteenth, do we finalize it? I mean we used to tag bikes. What do we do?
1: Yeah, we used to tag bikes that night. We actually have a system that we're gonna try this year. We think it's gonna be a little more efficient. We are still on our end, still gonna have the database with each child um, having a bike assigned, but we're gonna actually be able to separate the boys and girls bikes according to sizes and divvy those out a little more efficiently, we think. Um, because our goal this year, um, when we sat down with our Bikes for Kids team, we wanted to create more of a family fun atmosphere, instead of, hey, come at you know, 9 o'clock, get your cookies and milk, sit in a bleacher for 30 minutes to an hour, get your bike and go. Um, we decided, and keep in mind that we've done that for years and it's been great and it's been an awesome event, but I have about 9 to 10 groups already that have signed up and told me that they are more than happy to have a carnival type atmosphere, so photo booths, um, the mini bowling, craft stations, we want to interact with these kids, we want to interact with the parents, and most of all, we want to make an impact on these families, and so we felt like if we give them an atmosphere for two or three hours, that not only can we make an impact that day, but hopefully we can um, form some relationships, we can invite people to this church, we can get them our kids ministry, and we can make a lasting impact that way.
0: Yeah, just don't just give them a bite. So get it's
1: going to be like a mini fair this year, I don't know if yeah. you guys are ready for that, but it's going to be a blast. Oh yeah, we're all getting haircuts. Oh, that's right. We had some hairdressers uh, step up and say, "Hey, we'd love to give some free haircuts to the kids." I, I, I'm kidding. We're not all getting. Yeah, haircuts we're not. We're he's not getting a haircut. Uh, but that's yeah, that's another one of the one of the actions that we're going to take is free
0: haircuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may do something as far as food. We got.
1: Yes, we have some uh, some options as far as food, and also in saying that, if you guys know of any groups, um, I've had a lot of success with some FCA groups, some student council groups, Girl Scouts um, have have. Seven or eight groups that are going to come do this. So if you know of a group that would be that wants to get community service hours and be a part of this and basically sponsor their own little station, um, we'd love to have them.
0: All right. Uh, uh, Saturday, I'm sorry, Friday, December 15th, Tecumseh FFA.
1: Yeah, the Tecumseh FFA helps us. They bring, It's the it's day before the event. The day before the event, yeah. It's, it's awesome. They basically spend all morning taking all of their ag classes and meet us at our facility and help us unload these bikes at the expo from our storage facility. So um, okay. they're a massive help because that would take hours upon hours, but we get it done in all in about two and a half hours with them. Okay. The day of the event at the Shawnee Expo Center, who,
0: who gives us this day, this building for a day, mm-hmm. uh, about 250 plus volunteers uh, and from our church and maybe from, from the community and other churches meet at around 830 AM. Yep. We have a bike shop.
1: Yes. We have a bike maintenance and repair shop, which, uh, if you guys have ever seen that, it, it is it is awesome because even though these are 500 pre-assembled bikes, there may be training wheels that are loose or handlebars that are loose, and we've got a team of five or six guys that head that up and, and do a great job for us. I was
0: talking to the guy uh, at the first service that was heading that up. He said, we need more hands, so yeah, <laughs> you can work on a bicycle yeah. or you, whatever. And then about 500 uh, kids, we meet at 8.30 a.m., 500 kids with their families, which usually turns out to be over 2,000 people, walk into the Expo Center, and uh, they're, they're greeted by our, our uh, our dream team, our volunteers, and refreshments.
1: Yeah, so the, the difference this year is going to be instead of having everyone stay out in the lobby for 30 to 45 minutes waiting because it never fails, everyone gets there early, I would love to open the doors at 9 o'clock and have this atmosphere, this carnival atmosphere going um, and just make it a really fun event, not make it stressful on the parents because we all know if you have a young one uh, like I do, sitting in a bleacher and trying to control that kid for 30 to 45 minutes is probably not a really good option. Um, so we're going to give them plenty of opportunities to engage in some carnival games, and yeah, cookies, cookies, five thousand cookies, five to six thousand cookies every year, and that comes. We make them. Yeah, we. And when it, I say we, we I he mean. He means you. You. <laughs> <laughs> so get your ovens ready. Five thousand. It's a lot of cookies.
0: Mayor Richard Finley is going to be speaking. To us, uh, this week, he's going to be greeting, and then we give instructions, and then we give away these bikes, and uh, if people can't make it to pick up their bicycles, we, you may see some sitting around, hey, there's extra bikes left over, they're really not left over.
1: Yeah, they're not left over. We actually take a week, we give multiple phone calls, and we say, hey, if you can make any arrangements to come and get this bike throughout the week, we'll be more than happy to hold it for you, but after a week, we start going to our, um, our waiting list kids. Okay, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, Besides the business sponsor packs. Yes. We have business sponsor packs. If you are a business or know of a business who would like to, to team up with Bikes for Kids, help sponsor, um, any sort of donation at all, we have 50 packets out at our Faith Co. info table. Um, feel free to pick one of those up, and we would love to have you guys team up with us. All right. Uh, everybody give Butch a hand. We're going to show you. No, oh, we <laughs> forgot one thing. We forgot one, one thing. What? The blue cards.
0: What? The blue cards. Blue, oh, okay.
1: We also, yeah. man, this was a lot smoother for service. I apologize. If you will take the blue communication, blue communication cards in the seat back in front of you, um, we would love for everyone who's here today to volunteer. If you volunteer, you will get a shirt. We're bringing that back this year. Every volunteer gets a shirt. So if you don't mind, if you put Bikes for Kids volunteer, make sure you give me your name. Make sure you give me your T-shirt size. Um, we would love to get that master list started so that we can know exactly how many people uh, that we're going to have at the event this year.
0: All right. Everybody hold up your Connect card. Let me see it. Everybody, everybody should have one. If you don't have one, fill that out. Just write Bikes for Kids. We'll get a hold of you. We're going to put you to work. We ain't playing. Okay? All right. Thank you, Butch. If we could see some of those slides that we have, just some past images from um, the Bikes for Kids event that we've had the last few years. And then I'm going to come up and say one more thing and let you guys go. Just to give you an idea of what it's about. When people say, hey, you guys are giving away bikes, people think oh, I'm out of a warehouse in the back of the church. No, it's a huge event. It's a huge thing to bring your kids to. Uh, put a little T-shirt on them, help them give away bikes. It's a huge thing. Okay, uh, before I close, I just want to challenge you. Here's what I'm challenging Faith Go to do. First of all, help us spread the word. We need to know, the community needs to know that we do this. Second of all, if you know of a family who needs a bike, if you, no matter where they are, uh, let us know. Fill out one of those letters. Third of all, as as Butch was saying, serve at the event. We need plenty of people serving and helping. It's very simple and it's a lot of fun. It's only about three hours. So make sure you're part of the event. And lastly, give towards the purchase of bikes. And uh, buy a kit, buy a kit a bike this year. But whatever happens, just be a part of it in any way that you can. Amen? Everybody stand, if you will.